When you examine the Quran and the Bible, you find some serious contradictions. Which one's right? Well, Kirby Anderson establishes the veracity of one of these texts now on Probe. You know, Christians interacting with Muslims will benefit from a basic understanding of the Quran. In addressing this topic, we will draw heavily on James White's book, What Every Christian Needs to Know About the Quran. From a Muslim Orthodox position, the Quran is as eternal as Allah Himself. It is the very Word of God without even the slightest imperfection. The finger of man has no place in it, as the book held reverently in the hand today is an exact copy of the tablet in heaven upon which the Quran has been written from eternity past. So how did the Quran come into our possession? Well, the founder of Islam, Muhammad, began to receive instructions, he says, leading to the religion in A.D. 610. The classical belief is the Quran's entirety was sent down in one night, but that Muhammad received it piecemeal over 22 years. Muhammad did not receive a written version, as Joseph Smith claimed for the Book of Mormon. Rather, the popular Muslim belief can be summarized as follows. The Quran is the literal word of God, which he revealed to Muhammad through the angel Gabriel. It was memorized by Muhammad, who then dictated it to his companions. They in turn memorized it, wrote it down and reviewed it with the prophet Muhammad. Not one letter of the Quran has been changed over the centuries. Understand that to a devout Muslim, the Quran in its original Arabic is above analysis, above question, for it is a matter of faith that it has been perfectly transmitted and maintained. Even though most Muslims depend upon a translation to access its teachings, Muslims would say the Quran itself is not translatable and only exists in Arabic. The Quran states that Allah sent down the Gospels to serve as guidance to mankind. One cannot help but wonder why God would send the Gospels before sending the Quran. After, we are told that the Quran existed from eternity past and according to Muslim thought, supersedes and corrects the misconceptions men developed from the early text. Why didn't God protect the Gospels in the same way as the Quran? In what follows, we will look at where the teachings of the Quran are counter to the truth of the Bible and to the historical facts. We will also consider how the current Quran came into existence, asking why the creator of the world would pass down his truth in such an uncontrolled fashion. You've been listening to Probe with your host, Kirby Anderson. Download your free copy of Steve Cable's transcript, The Quran from the Christian Perspective, at probe.org. Then join us next time as we continue to proclaim the truth, God's truth, here on Probe. Muslims point to three primary problems with Christianity. The Trinity the resurrection, and the corruption of scriptures. Today we will consider what is in the Quran that causes them to reject the Christian concept of Trinity. Author James White describes the key Islamic beliefs this way, Ask any sincere follower what defines Islam, and they will quickly answer Taqid, the oneness of Allah. Expressing in Islam's greatest confession, I profess that there is only one God worthy of worship, and Muhammad is his prophet. Interestingly enough, the word does not appear in the Quran, just as Trinity does not appear in the Bible. They both describe a concept taught in both books. The Islamic concept of Taqid is that Allah only has and can only exist in one form, the creator of the universe. For Christians, the one God is expressed in three ways or persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible is clear that the Trinity is one of God. 
In Islam, the most feared of all sins is associating anyone or anything with Allah. This teaching causes the Trinity to become an unforgivable sin. This belief has led many of them to conclude that Christians are bound for hell. The Quran addresses the Trinity, but does it show knowledge of the concept? If the Quran is the very words of Allah without admixture of man's insights or thoughts, then its representations will be perfectly accurate and its arguments compelling. The Quran holds up monotheism as the correction for the Christian Trinitarian claim it calls the Three. But the Quran is very clear that the three are the Father, the Son, and Mary. It states, And when Allah said, O Jesus, Son of Mary, did you say to mankind, Take me and my mother for two gods other than Allah? This view of Mary's deity is reiterated in the early Islamic commentaries, the Hadith. Nothing in the Quranic text addresses the essence of Christian faith, even though it is painfully clear that the author thought he was doing so. So we see that the Quran's misinterpretation of the Christian doctrine of the Trinity and relegates Allah to a lower status than the omnipotent God by declaring that Allah is not capable of appearing in multiple forms. Today, let's consider the second stumbling block in a Muslim's view of Christianity, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The author of the Quran believed that Christians teach that Jesus was a child of a physical union between God and Mary. The Quran counters by saying, she said, how can I have a child when no man has touched me? He replied, such is the will of Allah. He only says it be and it is. The Bible actually teaches that Jesus was pre-existent, creator of the universe, always and fully God, who became fully man. Thus, the primary difference is the Quran teaches that Jesus was created by Allah, saying, B. The Bible teaches that although Jesus existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, being made in the likeness of men. When it comes to the cross, the Quran stands against the mass of historical evidence stating in only one verse, they slew him not, nor crucified him, but it appeared so to them, but Allah raised him up to himself. This single verse, written 600 years after the event, is counter to six centuries of Christian teaching. In more recent times, Muslim apologists have surmised tales to build upon this one verse. For example, postulating that Jesus fled to India to continue his ministry. Regardless of what tales one devises, this verse reflects no historical knowledge of the events surrounding the death and resurrection of Jesus. White says the Quran places itself, and all who would believe in it, in direct opposition not only to the Gospels, but also to everything history itself says on the subject. The question must be asked, who truly is following mere conjecture here? And those who are eyewitnesses outside of Jerusalem, or the author of the Quran more than a half of a millennium later? Without the cross, salvation in the Quran comes through an unknowable mixture of predestination, good works, and the capricious will of Allah. In Islam, forgiveness is an impersonal act of an arbitrary divine power. In Christianity, forgiveness is a personal act of a purposeful and powerful yet completely just divine grace. One cannot attribute these differences between the Quran and the New Testament to a minor corruption of the biblical text as they reflect the core themes of these books. 
You know, most Muslims believe that one of the primary problems with Christianity is the corruption of the Bible message. But is this belief taught in the Quran? The Quran is clear that the messages sent to the prophets of the Bible are to be believed, stating, We believe in that which was given to Moses and Jesus and the prophets from their Lord. Allah sent down the Torah and the Gospel to serve as guidance to mankind. If this is the case, why do Muslims not interpret the Quran in light of the Gospels? Because modern Islamic orthodoxy states that the Bible has undergone significant revisions, making it totally unreliable. As James White states, if anything unites Islamic apologists, it is the persistent assertion of Quranic perfection in contrast to the corrupted nature of the Bible. After all, if one is to believe every word of the original Bible, then the huge differences between theologies leave little choice. Either reject the Quran as not from God, or assume that all the differences are the result of a massive corruption of the Bible. However, most verses in the Quran addressing this issue point to the corruption as a distortion of the meaning, not the words. For example, it says, And there is a party of them who distort the book with their tongues, that you may think that what they say is from the book when it is not. As White observes, the claim of the biblical texts themselves having undergone major alteration is a perspective not required by the Quranic text. It comes through the Quranic authors of unfamiliarity with the actual biblical text. The Quran urges one to judge by what Allah has revealed in the Gospels. Thus, one must assume that Christians had access to a valid Gospel during the life of Muhammad. That valid Gospel is the same Gospel available now, and there were no wholesale revisions. As noted by a Christian apologist in A.D. 820, You witness to the truth of our text, then again you contradict the witness you bear and allege that we have corrupted it. This is the height of folly. Thus, while modern Muslims claim that the Bible is corrupt and unreliable, the Quran appears to teach that the scriptures available during Muhammad's day should be followed as long as one did not reinterpret their meaning. However, following these scriptures will lead to the conclusion that the Quran was written by someone who did not really know the Christian scripture. Muslims claim that the Quran in Arabic is exactly the words given to Muhammad. But does this belief stand up to impartial scrutiny? First, these words supposedly obtained from one source should be internally consistent. Why then do we find differences in accounts of the same story? For example, four different locations discuss Lot. Each one differs even when quoting what Lot said to the Sodomites. If the Quran was pre-existent in heaven, one would not expect these types of variants. Second, we find stories about Jesus which do not appear in any known accounts from the first century. White points out that this kind of fantastic legendary material is hardly the kind of source that can be trusted, and yet the Quran's author shows not the slightest understanding of its nature. Third, are the words today exactly the words Muhammad received? Islamic claims are clearly stating that the Quran is the literal word of God, which he revealed to Muhammad through the angel Gabriel. It was memorized by Muhammad, who then dictated it to his companions, then in turn memorized it, wrote it down, and reviewed it, and not one letter of the Quran has been changed over the centuries. You know, there are different stories in Islamic literature as to how this information was collected. It is clear that at some point, at least 20 years after Muhammad's death, a caliph attempted to collect the writings into one place and destroy all variants. But as a Christian writing around A.D. 820 states, one man said to his neighbor, My text is better than yours, while his neighbor defended his own. So additions and losses came about and falsifications of the text.
As White states, the greatest concern for any follower of Muhammad should be what he said, not what an uninspired caliph later thought he should have said. The study of ancient manuscripts shows beyond question that the Quran was not written down in perfection in the days of Muhammad and never altered or changed in its transmission. White concludes, when we test Muhammad's claim in the light of the gospel, of history, of consistency and truthfulness, we find the Quran to fail these tests. The author of the Quran did not understand the Christian faith and as such cannot stand in the line of Moses to Jesus to Muhammad that he claimed.